You're listening to Access and Expand, conversations that offer you access to information that expands your mind. I'm your host, Tiffany Curran. I didn't sleep much last night. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I mean, I'm always excited to be here, but especially today. Um, our guest today is Conchetta Bertoli, and um, she's a medium, and she's written a bunch of books. She's a New York Times bestseller. Uh, she has a really long wait list that I've always wanted to get on. Um, I think I'm going to get on that wait list today. So um, how are you doing today, John? You're looking a little tired. I am. Just woke up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were going to get up earlier to go to see David and have some coffee, but that didn't happen. Yeah, no. Why? You go to bed early, don't you? Not at all. Do you play the guitar? Because I didn't hear you last night. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? I just don't sleep. What? I just don't sleep. Like, do you try to, or you just aren't tired? I'm just not tired. Hmm. You were always like that. I you guess. never were a big sleeper. So, how long will it take you to wake up? Um, an hour or two. So, like, you're going to be tired until noon? Probably like midday. Okay. Well, <laughs> um, I'm ready. I'm ready to grab the bull by the horns and take this day. I'm so excited. I just saw Conchetta outside as I was pulling up and I was like, oh my God, she's here. <laughs> I'm so excited. I called in my grandmother, my grandfather, my aunt, my old dogs, hoping that someone will get really loud and it will have to uh, interrupt the, the interview and she can tell me what's going on. I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm hoping. So anyway, John, can you do me a favor? Mm-hmm. Can you grab Conchetta and, and get her all hooked up? Yeah, sure. All right, thank you day now oh, yeah. so Conchetta is here um, and um, tell so, me when we're live um, we're live should I are you good, <laughs> I'm good. well we're, li- we're recording so we could always back it up if you want but we're not going to do that we like the other stuff so um, I just did a little tease with my son about you being here um, I, I couldn't sleep last night I was reading to my husband like all this stuff um, from here yeah well, I, you know, it's funny because the minute I realized I was going to be able to interview you, which was like, <sighs> right? Yeah. My dog sitter, uh, Gina, uh, her maiden name is Gentile. She was like, oh my God, I have all her books. And I was like, no, 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 no. I, I want, so she gave me, um, do people, do dead people watch me shower or you shower? And um, she gave me, do dead people walk your dogs? My husband was like, please, can they start? Like, let your grandmother start walking the dogs. Um, but so. Uh, and then there was one more called Inside the Other Side. Yeah, Inside the Other Side. And you can come, if you can come close here just so we can hear you. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, you could just wheel up. Oh, that is cool. <laughs> I, well, it's, is it cool? Oh, We yeah. have a tiny, so we have a tiny office here. Yeah, but it's cool. Thank <laughs> you. Um, so, anyhow. I just was, I've been reading, 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 and I'm just like, I'm so in awe. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. And my mom was like, ask her if we reincarnate together. I'm like, mom, read her book. Like, she talks about that. You know, you talked about, um, was it the little child who, it was the grandmother had like this really intense, like, liking for this one child in particular and didn't feel like good about it, but it turned out they had been in, in another life. She lived next door, so... Um, but so we're here because it, it you're... was a show. I just have to interrupt you. If anybody oh, doing, out there show. in your listening audience ever can get their hands on, there was a show that used to be on television called The Ghost Within My Child. 
Yeah. And I have asked so many of my friends in Hollywood, producers and so forth, nobody can get their hands on this show. But if you Google it, The Ghost Within My Child, you'll see clips of certain episodes. Yeah. And I don't know why they don't play these again or at least invest in doing another show because it was profound. Yeah. It was about these children who recalled past lives. Mm-hmm. And they really did a great job filming them, the documentaries and the producers. Oh my God. I, was crazy great and the stories were amazing because they were these children born to families that in obscure places like Ohio and different parts of the world and they were from the time they were born I'll give you an example there was one little boy from the time he was born he was born out in some farm country he recalled living in Hollywood and he would always talk about and I can't remember the wife's name he kept talking about some woman's name and movies and he was like a little child four years old and they didn't know where he was getting this from it finally got to the point where he was recalling so much information the father and mother started to really take notice and take notes on everything that the kid was saying and finally ultimately the father started to do research because they were just so amazed that this child was talking about things that had nothing to do with their world and the way they were living and it turned out that the child remembered a past life of one time living in Sherwood Oaks, California. Sherman Sherman Oaks, rather. And he was a a very big producer. He recalled a farm that he lived on. He recalled that he died in a farm accident. And his, his wife's name and where they used to go swimming on the farm. Anyway, long story short, and I'm making it really short, is they found, uh, and how the father figured out what movie the boy worked on, because he kept asking him questions. He'd say, well, what movie did you work on? And the little boy just couldn't remember what movie. So they started to put down in front of him names of movies that came out in the 30s. And the little boy would say no, and he would say The Wizard of Oz, and the little boy would say no. But you're talking about a six-year-old, right? Right. So finally, one day, the father was talking to him, and he said, how about Gone with the Wind? And the little boy's eyes lit up, and he went, yes, that's the movie. That's the movie. (sighs) Anyway, long story short, they found where this little boy once lived, who he was. They did the research. They went to the place where the little boy said he lived. Of course, it has all been changed. Sherwood Oaks, if you know anything about it, Sherman Oaks, rather, out in California, is all built up. But at one time in early Hollywood, it was very rural, and they had these homes that big producers and directors lived on that area. But the farm, this little boy recalled, was at one time there. And the little boy recalled a pond where he used to go swimming with his wife, and they and they found the curators who knew the area and indeed said there was a pond on the property. Wow. And the little boy had his name, his wife's name, and here was the best part. He, the man that the little boy said he once was, died in a farm accident on that property. Wow. So it was astounding, and there were many, many of these stories. I'm telling you one, yeah. but there are so many of them, and the show was so grand because of the way they produced it they didn't make it all Hollywood they didn't make it all you know like that they made it realistic they told the facts they shown 
reenactments and it was unbelievable and they interviewed the parents so the parents you could see the authenticity of them saying oh my god we didn't know what was wrong with our son we live in the United States and our son kept talking with an English accent because it was another one that there was a story about this little boy all he talked he had an English accent and they just thought he was not pronouncing his words right turned out he was from a past life lived in England long story there's so many of them yeah the ghost within my child just that's cool yeah Yeah, I will look it up and I will actually at the end of the podcast I put all the notes in Mm -hmm. like the links so I'll put that in I'll tell you my son here um when he was he was so when I went into labor um his his friends my ex-husband's friend's mother had passed and we loved her okay so he's born and um I he had he was talking right so I don't know how old he was he literally, we had a picture. He hadn't seen this guy. So my ex-husband's best friend, Tom, we had, he had met him once. And, like, you know, they we just went in different directions. They're great people. Just, you know, we had a young baby. They didn't. They were going out. We weren't. He saw a picture when he was first talking, and he said, Tommy. And we were like, remember that? Do you remember that? I remember that. <laughs> He's like, only 18. We're like, yeah, how do you... He knew who he was, and I'll tell and you. How old was your son at this time? Talk, just talking, so maybe just a talking, year. Maybe yeah. a year. And so we were like, "Are you Linda?" Right. Um, but it's but it's interesting because even my husband Dave, his son Andrew, dances like you wouldn't believe, mm-hmm. and um, his grandfather Ed was in the World's Fair, and we always say like he's Ed. Like we'll be like, "Hey Ed." You know, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I I totally 100% believe it. I liked in your book, you were talking about the age of five is when they're really able to conceptualize and verbalize what they're processing. And that's like really the magic age Mm -hmm. to be able to connect. But, um, you know, I I was raised always, I always, like, that was just part of our conversation. Like, we believe that we can reincarnate. And um, so I loved, I loved how you spoke about, I believe it was this book, because I I read um, the other, I read the do dead people watch shower too so if I get confused you're talking about when you were a child yeah and you were you really started to hear dead people and really have a connection mm-hmm. right and yeah. I don't want to be I, I when I say ghosts and dead people I don't know if that's uh the right language you can say it anyway okay because I don't want to be dismissive because <laughs> I think it's really important work I I talk to my grandmother's in my house right and I always like when I smudge I say Nana you stay right mm-hmm. mm-hmm. but um it's interesting because you were didn't know what to do with it, and your grandfather had, had my father's father, which would be my grandfather, had the same ability. And from what I've been told, he surpassed me by light years. They said he was incredible, and he came from Italy. Uh, he spoke broken English, so he spoke fluent Italian, and yet people came to him from all over. My father said, as a young boy, he remembered people would bring people to my grandfather for help wow. for different things and one of the things my father told me because that was the only instruction I ever had was my father I relied on him as a you have to remember in those days there wasn't any books in the library that would help me to find out what was going on with me yeah if I were to say it back then I would have said to find out what's wrong with me because right. that's the way I felt as a young so thank God I had some nurturing from a very beautiful man called daddy because he had familiar 
experience with this. He didn't have the ability, but his father did. Yeah. So um, that was fortunate for me growing up to have somebody who look at me and say, no, there's nothing wrong with you and you're going to be all right. Which is a blessing that doesn't oh, happen all the time. It was such a blessing. And you know, when you said, because you were in the room with your parents mm-hmm. and that you were, you were wondering how your father would react and his reaction was so loving. Oh. Which is like... He was beautiful anyway, quite frankly. I was a very, very fortunate girl to be raised by Manuel Ferruccia. (laughs) And and what was his name? Say it again. Manuel Ferruccia. Uh, Because I really think it's important to honor his name. Yeah. Well, he changed his name to Pharrell, so that's how I became Pharrell. But my father went to law school. In those days, it was really not good to be an Italian. I mean, can you imagine in this... Well, I I, say it easily because I always tell people I'm... (laughs) biracial <laughs> yeah and I really mean that because in those days I would have been considered biracial yeah. because I'm Irish and Italian yeah. and in my father's day and age when my mother and father got married that was like taboo the Irish and the Italian did not mix uh, so you know, everybody's got a story to tell so I hate when people just I shouldn't use the word hate I don't like when people always think their story is the best everybody's got a story to tell everybody has a story yeah, yeah. and you know when I was a kid um, so I was raised in Montville. I was born in Long Island, raised in Montville. Wow. And you were from Montville. Yes, I am. Which is so interesting. Um, I was the first graduating class of Montville High School. You were? I was. How cool is that? Yeah. Because before that, did they go to Lincoln Park? Oh my gosh, honey. Our school was built on a cow pasture. Yeah, because so before the... it was built, I was in Central School, which yes. is now Lazar School. Yes. When I was in school, Lazar was the principal. Oh. So they were built in the high school right across the street. Wow. And the smell of cow manure brings back great memories for me because... Me too. It, I mean, I read that. Like, yeah. That was the cow on the corner. when the windows were open, uh, you know, at the end of the school year, the cows were across the street in the pasture and the manure would just part... It's, it's almost like garlic for Italians. It's Wait, good for me, you the, know? Was it the other side of Horseneck or is it... If you look, yes. If you look at the school to the left where the church is now, there was that... Remember that farmer was there before Change Ridge went through? Oh, my God. Yes, of course. There's so much yeah. change there. I know. We used to ride our horses. I had a horse. Oh, did on you? On Horseneck and on Passaic Valley. And you see oh other horses. God, there was a little honey. bar up the hill. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. Of course. Yeah, so I, I even knew who owned the bar. But you I did? Rem- yeah. I remember one time we were on Horseneck Road. My mother and I, I was only probably 10 years old. My mother was driving me somewhere. And a horse spooked and oh, jumped yeah. out onto Horseneck Road and got hit by a car oh and I was frantic because I was 10 years old and I am an animal lover huge animal lover so when I saw this horse get hit I didn't 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 care about the car I didn't care my mother didn't hit it It was the car in front of us and I just remember the tenderness of my mother because my mother was an animal lover too and didn't she was trying to shield me from the horror of what just happened because I was like is the horse dead is the horse dead and she said yes but I remember at that moment because at that moment, your body makes an adrenaline which has secretion in the brain. That took 30 years of education yeah. for me to be able to say that. Yeah. Because at the time, I didn't know. Yeah. But those are things that make a memory memorable for you and how you will remember certain memories and some you do not. And so it depends on the secretion yeah. from your brain during these experiences. So at that moment, because of what happened and the trauma, the secretion, I remember this memory. And I remember knowing then there were many dead people around even for this beautiful horse, which is when I knew that animals go back to God too. 
So I, at that young age, remember knowing that life created by God, irregardless, all life on earth goes back to God. So that horse was going back and there were even souls there to show this animal the way. Wow. And, And I remember as I got older, knowing that so many religious believers not believe it, so many religious leaders would say that animals don't have souls, they don't go to heaven, really? blah, blah, blah. Oh, honey, yeah. The Pope we have now is the I first know. Pope I know. to have ever said animals go back oh, to really? heaven. Oh, really? Because he's an amazing him. Pope. He's amazing, yeah. and I love him. And he that's one of the reasons I love him, yeah. because he said it, and I was so proud of him, because so many people have come to me over my lifetime saying, my dog died, Conchetta, that my priest told me he's not going to be in heaven. And I've been told, and I read this, that you know they don't have souls. And I would always get crazy, because yeah. I said, I don't care what you've been told, and I don't know what, who the leader was that told you that. Yeah. I'm telling you that's not true. Yeah. So... There is one of the reasons. But you also talk about, um, like, you know, everyone is sort of, I don't want to say everyone, but like, so you were talking about when people die and they get to re-experience their life and Mm -hmm. they feel, and you talked about the guy Mm -hmm. that you blew off for the wedding, Mm -hmm. which you guys have to read this book. (laughs) Seriously, it's like a, it's a page turner. Because it's it's a nice read. Like I felt like I wanted to keep going, keep going. Like I was just reading, 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 reading. Mm, thank you. Yeah, but thank we you, all Tiffany. do that. But but yeah. Oh no, I. I'm it's so a great book. For yeah. This lovely. Yeah. But, I love but, that you're saying that. Thank you. It's true. And uh, but I will say like, and I feel like we're in the same time frame. We're mm-hmm. in the same area, which is also really cool. Right. But um. We all do that, right? Mm-hmm. But you so so you talked about like there's forgiveness and that on the other side people don't hold grudges. Mm-hmm. Um, I also can I mention your brother? You can mention anything okay, you because want. Because I loved the story of your brother. I loved oh, which brother? My brother Harold, Harold? who yeah. passed. Yeah. And um, Harold was gay. Yes, and, he was. And someone called him a faggot, right? Yeah, so we always talk about how language is so. Yeah. You have to be so careful. That was probably so one of the lesser words that someone used to refer. Right, to there's so many bad words, right? But didn't he come out to your dad, and your dad was like, "I love you, oh no matter what." Oh my God, honey, trust me. I hate, I hate to sound like I'm in Ozzy and Harriet land here, but my father and mother were two of the finest people you ever want to meet. I was very fortunate, and my brother was 18 years old, and I remember he came home because he lived in the city, and I had heard from somebody that he was gay. Some this guy that I dated. And he's one that said, you don't know your brother's a faggot? And I remember oh, I was... Oh, you were dating him, that's right. I was dating him, yeah. And I said, what? And I remember him saying, oh, yeah. And he started saying all these vulgar things about him. And I was horrified because I didn't know. And if you met my brother, you would have thought he was like the Rock Hudson kind of type. Yeah. You know, they're not yeah. flamboyant, whatever. Yeah. Not that I have any problem with that either. But I'm just saying... And I don't. I didn't even know what gay was really at yeah. that time. I was only seventeen. And but but it wasn't a conversation until very recently. Yeah, you're right. right. It was kind of always kept in the closet. Yeah. So yeah. same thing with me and dead people. Yeah. I always tell my friends who are gay, I know exactly how you feel coming out because that's how I felt coming out telling people I hear dead people. Yeah. Everybody's so judgmental here. Yeah. But anyway, so I remember that my brother sat us down in the living room and he said, we have to have a family meeting. And I'll never forget it. He said to my father, who was six foot one, Sicilian, big, tough guy. Yeah. And um, he said, Dad... And he had a hard time saying it. And he got all choked up and he said, I'm so sorry. I have to tell you this. 
because he thought my father was going to feel like really crummy because he was, yeah. you know, Italian, big tough guy, all that yeah. stuff. He said, I'm gay, Dad. And I realized that it's not my fault and I don't want to live a lie and I want to live my life honestly. So yeah. I'm going to come and tell you you're going to hear it from me first. Yeah. My mother was sitting there. My other brother was there and myself. And my father got up. He stood up. He looked at my brother and he said to him, yeah, he used some vul vulgarity, uh, foul language. He said, I don't care, you could blank, say blank, 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 you what say. you are. First and foremost, you're my son. And all I care about is that I love you. Yeah. And if anybody has a problem, what you choose in your life, they're going to have to come through me first. And I just remember looking at my father and thinking, wow, that's the family I come from. How, yeah. how, how crazy and great it's is so that? It's so beautiful. Like, yeah. That's the goal, right? How do we not want that for our children? Oof. Well, it's sad when I hear about people who don't have that. Awful. And I hear about the horror stories that go on out there because I was, like I said, very fortunate very to fortunate. be raised by people who that was their response to their son with something very deep and very personal. In a time where that was not very yeah. widely accepted. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I will tell you that my response to my brother when I found out he was gay was not as good as my father's. I was mm -hmm. upset. Yeah. And I'm not proud of that. Actually, I'm very ashamed of it. But the first thing I thought was, what am I going to tell my... I was 17. What right. am I going to tell my friends? That was yeah. my first thought. Yeah. My second thought was, and I remember saying to him, does that mean you're never going to have kids? Yeah. I mean, these are the things that went through my mind. You got to remember it was the 70s, whatever. All I know is that, you know, I'm sorry that I had that response, but I always, I tell people and I follow my own advice. I forgive myself for it. You're because human. I'm I'm human, yeah. and that's why I wrote this book yes. and told stories about the truth about my life. Because I want people to know I'm as human as you are, and I've made plenty of mistakes. But I'm also very fortunate to have common sense to know and hear dead people to hear them to help me encourage me to forgive myself. But that's what I love yeah. about. I mean, I love the book. I love mm -hmm. everything about the book. I love. Um, you call, uh, you said something about the Guidos, right? Like, with a loving term. So, like, we call it the Guidos. Uh, I remember, yeah, you're Italian. So, I'm Ita my mom's Italian. My dad's Jewish. So, I loved when you talked about the Seder and it was like, what's this food? And then you heard the thing, and you, right? But so, um, well, I, I always say, tell people I'm an Italian Jew. Right. And I loved, I loved the way you, like, were, you know. Because my grandfather was Jewish. I don't know. Oh, no, I yeah, didn't know my that. My grandfather was Jewish. Yeah. On your mother's side? Or my father's side. Interesting. Because yeah. my dad's Jewish. His mother was like Irish. Mm -hmm. So Southern you and Baptist. I really have a line. We really well wait till you hear what else we have in common. We so, make the best we make the best people. Don't we, we do, right? So I was a pizza when I was in um I was in a, a sorority for a hot fifteen minutes and I was they called me pizza bagel, Jewish and time, right? <laughs> but what's interesting is I would say guinea tea, right? You raised in New okay. Jersey, you say guinea tea, right? That's I'm gonna it. throw on a guinea tea. I got a guinea tea on today. Right? <laughs> My mother was like, Do you know that's a derogatory term? That's a derogatory term, she said. But I'm Italian. Yeah. But she's like, we were called guineas and wops. So you, so what? What we're talking about, just to give, just to help people, because um, you know, everyone, every, I've not met one person that when I told them you were coming on, I know it's really no, I know you can go for it. I've had them my whole life. Um, I know, and it's also really warm in here. Do you have a little fan or something for? I mean, a little piece of paper. Ooh, that's good. Thank you. Thank you. I have a yeah, I'll just use it for a minute. Oh. No, go for it. I when I, let me tell you, I went through menopause really, really young, and I had hot flashes, and no one got it right, and I felt like I was gonna pass out. Yeah, I would go outside, 
in the winter in this shirt and shorts to just try to not just so I could sleep right and it's also we turn we turn the fan off in here when we record you can still hear a little bit but it gets really loud so no worries it'll be gone in three minutes put some ice on I'm good but so but anyway um, back to the guinea tea so because I was at a friend's house yesterday and her children were there and they're all Italian and I and her father their father was there and I was saying some story and I said you know they're real ginzos and then I realized I hope he didn't get offense take offense to that but with now so it's John can you just jump in for a sec? Just come over here for a sec. Just be near me. I was recording something. Yeah, you can. I was record. You can even grab some water if you want. Oh, There's, no, I'm good. You, I'm no, good. you want to grab this a towel? Five seconds. Right. So, John, come over here for a second because I just want you to tell my grumpy elf. I love him so much. Um, last night I recorded. So I do Tuesday recordings on different topics, and I was recording on words and how like you have to be really careful with your words. And what did you say about words? You said like yeah, we're. No, he was saying like I don't think this is good because like that's what I was saying. Right. I said, oh, no, it didn't matter. Oh, I thought you meant about the conversation. No, no. But that we are too. Like, we, we can't say anything anymore. What he was saying. Oh, you mean right? the poli- you mean the politically correct thing? But not just a little polit. Like we could all be a little politically correct. Right. Like we don't. I don't say the n word. Right. Right. Yeah, no. But he's saying like I can't even say like, um, like if I say, you know, everything hurts everybody's feelings. Right. So yeah, just, sure. I don't remember. You because well, I'm trying to think of what the no, it's a, it was something like I was saying like you know we can't say so there's new stuff. Black sheep is derogatory, and he said oh, something I know. like let me just say just a white uh, sheep. All right, let me there's just say one thing. So this is a personal pet peeve of mine. I think we've gotten so crazy, and my husband was telling me the other night that in California they just passed some sort of law that now they can't even say manhole. They have to say utility hole, meaning for the ground. Oh, there's a lot. And they That's can't say policeman. They have to say officer. police person. Um, they can't say fireman. They have to say a fire person. I'm like, can we? We're becoming like completely ridiculous. Well, that's now. what he said. He's like, because we're Ugh. look. I'm very careful with my words. I yeah. would never say anything that would be hurtful to somebody. But to what end, right? Like, yeah. so I made this whole thing. He's like, yeah, it doesn't resonate with me. I'm not even gonna put it up because it was just like. Well, I'm glad to hear your son say that because I'm glad to hear an 18-year-old say that because I think it's so scary. And he's very, I don't want to get into this now, but no, I got to say the ge- the direction we're going to me is very scary. We're becoming just, we're, what's the word neutral? We're just becoming so beige. I mean, there's yeah. not, what difference can we celebrate? You yeah. Know, what difference can we right? What embrace? when is it okay? Exactly. Right. Yeah. I, I really get a little upset about. Yeah, that. but I'm saying so. We were we're here now, right? Yeah. When we, when you're talking about it's your brother like, coming listen, out, it was I'm going to say opposite. one more thing, and I yeah. know I shouldn't do this. Yeah. I'm probably going to regret it, but well, if you don't it's want... a thing that I think we constantly divide ourselves. Even though they're trying to make all of us exactly the same, at the same time, we divide ourselves. For instance, I have a personal problem when somebody is born two different ethnic backgrounds, and they choose one to say they are. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. You I mean, mean, like, if someone is black that, and right. they're white, they're biracial, yeah. then you're black and you're white. Yeah. You're not black. 
Yeah. Okay, you're black and you're white. Yeah. My brother's wife is Chinese. Yes. Their daughter, my niece, is Chinese, Irish, and Italian. Yeah. We have taught her, you don't pick one. You're yeah. all three. And yeah. be proud of all three. Yeah. Because no one's better than the other. Yeah. So when you introduce yourself, and if somebody says to you what you are, tell them proudly, I am Chinese, I'm Irish, and I'm Italian. Right. Because I don't understand why somebody has to discount a part of their heritage yeah. by saying they're It really makes me crazy. I don't know why I well, take offense to it, but I do. Well, and I think it's because... I think what happens in life is we go from one side, we swing to the other, right. and we come back to the middle, mm-hmm. right? And well, so it divides us too. It just somehow it's got negativity attached to it, in my opinion. Yeah, and now you talk about how you can feel energy. Like, okay, so I I want to bring this up because I think this is really cool. Mm-hmm. So you talked about you did LSD. I sure did. Right? And and what you said, because I have not, and the reason why I have not yeah. is because of the reason you said. So I'm empathetic, right? What did you say? I'm empathetic. Okay. So, and I don't feel energy. Like, I, I listen, I talk to my dead people all the time, and they've been in my house. Mm-hmm. My grandmother's run up and down the stairs. Like I, um, But I don't have that connection as deepened as you do. Right? right? Like, I can't really talk to them in the way that you can. I can't receive messages. But I can feel energy. Like, I can feel when he's grumpy. Right? I can feel, you can feel the energy of whatever's coming. Of course. Um, plus, he's your son. So the connection yeah. is extremely connected. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Poor kid. But so what's interesting, though, is that you said you don't really drink. Uh, no, well, I don't do anything him. that compromises right. my conscious mind anymore. And that's because I, I when love I did that. the LSD, you have to remember, I either was 15 or 16. I think I was 15. That's mm-hmm. how stupid I was. No, you weren't but stupid. You were young. I was young. Yeah. Young and stupid. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. You know, I didn't know. I remember when, it, at that time, pot and everything was becoming really very popular for yeah. that generation. You know, it was the 70s, blah, 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 or the late 60s, whatever. And um, I remember when everybody was smoking pot, I said... I tried it because you know you want to be cool. You're 15. You're right, stupid. Of course. So of course I remember smoking it and having no reaction. So I remember thinking, this must be what everybody's doing. They're smoking it, have no reaction, but they're saying they have a reaction. Yeah. So I would sit there and go, oh wow, this is so good. I'm so. <laughs> but meanwhile, I was not high at all. I right. wasn't anything. Yeah. Same. So I remember yeah. thinking when somebody said to me, "You want to do LSD?" My girlfriend and I, Mushy. Yeah, who you've it. read about in yes. the book. You know, we grew up together since eight years old. We met these two boys. We, remember, we're 15. Yeah. And we met these two boys who were going to meet us at the movie theater. Is it so a we dropped acid. And when I say dropped acid, it was the size of a speck of pepper. I mean, a little tiny piece of felt. That's how tiny it was. And you're 15 years old. You look at this tiny little thing and you think, what could that do, right? Take a handful. Oh, my God. <laughs> talk about Alice in Wonderland. I was like, holy shit, what the hell am I? I mean, it was crazy. And I mean, to the point where I was petrified, I was seeing things that oh, was yeah. a, way beyond Alfred Hitchcock movie, and Mushy was nothing. She yeah. was floating through air, this girl. And I'm looking at her thinking, how is she not seeing these things? I mean, there was a guy eating popcorn behind me in the in the theater. Yeah. It. I turned around slowly, like, I wish I could show you people at home, but in a slow thing like this, and I see this guy sitting behind me, his 
his whole face is distorted and he had a size of popcorn box in front of him that looked as big as a Volkswagen and he's sticking his hand down in the <laughs> box of popcorn and he's going and putting it in his mouth and his face looked like rubber and he's <laughs> chewing the popcorn and I just remember turning around slow motion looking at Bushy and going oh Oh my God. She said you were holding her hand. Yeah, for like I, was holding, I begged her to hold my hand. And, can and you she tell was about having the bathroom? a good trip, and she's going to me, you're ruining my trip. I'm like, ruining your trip? Are you seeing what I'm seeing? <laughs> oh, my God. And then, I don't know if you ever went to the Claremont Theater. Oh, in, yeah. Okay, in so you remember how the floor is tilted like on a slant? Yeah. And then there was a spiral staircase yes. to go to the second floor yes. bathroom. And I remember I said, let's get out. Let's go. With two movies in those days. You would go to the theater. They'd be showing two movies. Yeah. And, of course, the two movies we saw were like the worst movies you want to see under the influence. Yeah. One was called Charlie, where there was a guy, and he was mentally retarded. They give him a medicine. He's not mentally retarded. Then he's totally intelligent and smart and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, the drug wears off, and he goes back to being. I said, what am I, nuts? And the second movie was They Shoot Horses, Don't They, with Jane Fonda. And the whole movie, all she wants somebody to do is shoot her. I'm like, what am I doing here? Right? So Mushy and I walked during the intermission. We're going up this hill which seemed like I was climbing Mount Everest and then we go up the spiral staircase which by the way is covered in mirrors in the whole wall <laughs> so I'm like at the fun house then we go in the bathroom and there was a woman in there putting on red lipstick when I tell you this woman looked like she was painting a Picasso on her face <laughs> I was like what is and I'm begging mushy what are we gonna do we gotta get out of here I mean it was terrible but I was forced to stay we didn't have a car my father was picking us up at the end of the movie I didn't know how I was going to get in the car with my father. I was yeah. petrified he was going to know that we had we were doing acid. <laughs> oh, my God. So this trip just went on and on and on. It's a movie, the whole story. I don't know if I told all the details in the book, but it was crazy. I, I held on to Mushy like I was a fatal attraction date to her. You know, it was like I look like Glenn Close, I'm sure. And you te- you did tell that, and then the next morning... Oh, the next morning I was still high, and I had to go to school. Yes. I mean, figure, this that's why I said this thing went on and on and on. And I'm getting dressed and going to school, and I, I look in the mirror, and of course, you know, for those of you who have ever done drugs, and I, I hope this changes your mind to ever do it again, I looked in the mirror, and I don't even want to tell you what I saw, and I got on a school bus... Now imagine all these things. I'm looking at the school bus driver who looks like somebody who escaped from some nut house. I'm looking at the kids I go to school with every day and every one of them looked like they were in a Halloween costume. And then I go into my school and I'm trying to find my locker. I mean, every every step of this whole experience forever is planted in my brain. Yeah. God awful. And it ruined my career. I shouldn't say ruined. It it had an effect on me that I knew never again. I can yeah. never do this again. Yeah. I can never take drugs. I yeah. can never I'm not a candidate. You know. But I don't think me. it ruined it. Yeah. Because I haven't done it for that reason. I want to find Timothy Leary and punch him in the head. <laughs> oh my God. What's so funny because I talk about he and uh Ramdas used to trip together yeah. and then Ramdas went in one way and Timothy Leary went into the labs and like yeah. Dude, I you couldn't pay me. I know. I often wonder what damage it did because I was only fifteen. You got to figure. Probably no damage. I hope not. Because I don't you, think so. Yeah, you know, you you think about it though. You know, sometimes because I suffer from panic attacks and yeah. I suffer from anxiety. You should come see me. Yeah, you do too, honey. No, I work. I don't anymore. I work. I, I'll talk to you about that. Oh, off. good. Okay. I, that's what I do for a living. I help people get out of panic by shifting energy in their body. Oh, there's a reason you know, why I was here today. Yeah, and you know, I. I 
you listen to my story. I literally was, I lived in panic, lived my whole life. Awful. Like, yeah, it's another story. But so, um, so now you, did it affect your ability to, um, like, receive messages from people who had passed on? Well, what you have to understand Because you sent them out. Well, what happened to me at this point in my life, by the time I got to be about 16 and 17 years old, all I wanted to do was tease my hair, put on lipstick, and go find boys. That's just Jersey. what it was. Welcome so, yeah, to I was Jersey. Jersey girl. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and of course the Ginzos, because I love them. They, they were just, I was always turned on to those nutly Italian guys. Yeah. So here's what happened. By the time I got there, I was worried about anybody finding out my secret that I was in communication with people who were dead. So I kind of told them to leave me alone. Yeah. And I, you know how it works because you're yeah. a spiritual woman and you're yeah. educated. If you ask for something in God's name, you'll get it. Yeah. So I said in the name, my what happened was one night, I, th- I don't know if I wrote about this, I can't remember. One night I was in bed and I heard the dead telling me they wanted me to help them that I had to be delivering messages. Yeah. And I woke up in the middle of the night and all these dead people were in my room around my bed and I started to completely freak out and I couldn't move. I was so frightened and I smelled flowers. It was very peaceful and sweet, but it, it I knew they weren't supposed to be there. So I was scared. Yeah. And this was after the, you know, the acid trip. So I'm thinking, okay, so I'm screaming in my bed, dad, dad dad right next next thing I know my mother and father were in my bedroom turn the flip the light switch on and I'm talking 900 miles an hour to my father telling him what was going on my father and mother took me out of my room and they, they sat down with me and they said okay well this is my mother was always scared because she wasn't familiar with this but my yeah. father was never frightened and I remember him saying to me okay listen you have control over this if you don't want them and if you don't want to help them you simply tell them that and all you have to do is tell them in the name of God yeah and they will abide yeah. by that yeah. so I remember that night like it was yesterday and for it seemed like I was on a mantra saying, in the name of God, don't, in the name of God, you know, because I was so frightened. Well, the point is, it was about four years I heard nothing. Yeah. It went on for four years that I was pretty much, I actually got to a point that I actually thought I imagined that I had heard dead people. Wow. Yeah, I got to a point where I really thought that must have been something I imagined. Yeah. You know? Although I never forget... I never forgot certain experiences. Anyway, long story short, I met this person who I was dating at one time, and he took me to Edgar Casey Institute in yeah. Virginia, yeah. and it start and he started talking about Edgar Casey and all this stuff, and it was like the window started opening again in my head. Yeah. And then slowly, I remember saying, "I'm not afraid," and I gave permission for to listen. Yeah. And then it came back, little piece, little piece, little piece. Yeah. And to the point where I finally was, I think, basically old enough to handle it. Yeah. And uh, it became, by the time I was like 28, it was like full swing. Now, was that the guy, you worked with someone who, she had someone that wanted to meet you, her parents' friend, that did the, you yeah, know, the no, two o'clock. That guy. Oh, okay. But I know, I know what, I know what yeah, you're referring because to. Because I, yeah. I, I think that, um, yeah. thank God, yeah. you reconnected. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because... I, like I said, when I told my friends you were coming, so, so, I love, I, I had, I know someone who uh, is a medium, but had, you know, very, it's very new, she's in her, is she 60? Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about, is she 60? 
I think she's 60. And she's just getting started with it. Uh And so she tried to talk to my family for me once. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there wasn't a lot. And so I kept saying, I really want to go. And everybody said, you have to go. Conchette has a really long wait list, but go on it. Like, you have to get on. Like, everybody knows you. Everybody knows you're really amazing. Thank you. It's true. I, most of my friends have been to um, events that you've done, like at the the hotel uh-huh. like in nearby. Someone went to one, in, I think, West Caldwell. Um, and you have to get picked, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. if you want to. Um, but everyone, everyone is like, She's spot on. Oh my God! Thank and, you. And so You're so kind. But it's the truth, right? Thank you. So thank you, and thank God you allowed them to come back in. Yeah. Because you you are changing a lot of people's lives. Like, um, someone uh, went to you. Something happened. Someone had a ticket, and at the last minute, there was like some tragedy. She couldn't go, uh-huh. and my friend got to go, to go with her friend who really needed to. I'm going to screw this story up. But her friend really needed to go and was somehow was able to get in, or it was like a, an appointment. I don't remember, and I, I don't know the story. But what she told me is that what she, it, it was like divine that she needed to be there that day. Yeah, I believe that. And and the messages yeah. she got gave her the peace oh, that she needed, God, and it was like you. the accuracy oh, of the details, right? So you do, you tell the details mm-hmm. to let them know you're really connecting to this person, mm-hmm. and the way that you receive the details might not be like. I would. I was saying like the example of, so you might say I smell roses, or and it's like what? Oh, my grandmother's rose, right? Mm-hmm. So it's how they, are, how like, and you explain this in your books, mm-hmm. like how you receive them, and like you smell smoke, and it's the difference mm-hmm. between cigarette and whatever. But I've heard so. I mean, I can't even tell you how many stories I've heard. Wow. You know, um, and then. You were a great resource. I should have came to you when I was writing <laughs> this book. Thank you, but it's the truth. Like I mean, yeah. so so it's really. Your gift is a gift to everyone. Oh you're giving God. it back. And um, I just want to say thank you so much for these lovely things you're saying about me, you know, and it's so hard for me because I can accept a compliment so easily on so many levels, but this is one that I don't know why it's, it's, it's really hard. But my favorite thing in this work that I do, I just want to tell you, is not so much telling I love giving the messages. Yes, I do. But I love people walking away from me knowing that God is real. Yeah. We don't die, and we have to love each other despite our differences. And can you talk more, just briefly, because, yeah. um, so, you talked about, like, all gods are God, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's whatever you call it, it's God, yeah. right? Like, there's no discrimination on that. I think that God created all these different religions because we're here to love each other despite them. Yeah. We shouldn't be, and I, we should never be saying, my God is better than your God, right. meaning my religion is better than your religion. That's right. a big no-no to me. I think we're, the reason why there's so many religion, and there's thousands of them, quite frankly, um, we're here to learn from them and yeah. learn, learn whatever. I always look at it this way. I don't care what celebration you have in your religion. I think you should be invited to come and join it. Yeah. And I love it because I celebrate everything from Chinese New Year to Hanukkah to Christmas yeah, yeah. you name it bring it to my table I want to know how you do it because there's something beautiful in all of it but, and that's very um, inviting mm-hmm. um, and I and, and, and there's something else that I kind of wanted to talk about but I don't, might not bring it up about the guy who came to your house who really was talking to you until like, he asked what you did and you were, in, you thought you were an interior designer or something. Oh, and then he was like, "So there's oh, the that." Oh, fix my tire. You're right? talking about, yeah. yeah, like, like. Oh, that was horrible. Like people who are some religions yeah. feel like that what you're doing is like. Yeah, let me not tell your okay. audience what happened. Yeah, I had a tire that needed to be fixed, 
and I found somebody who would come to my house to do it. It's a long story, but to make it short, on my door, it, when you pull in my house in the driveway, my office door has my name in a sign on it. Yeah. Uh, and so the guy pulled up, he rang my bell, and he said to me, I'm here to do the tire. I thought, oh, great. So I'm outside talking to him. We're having a great time getting along. Real nice guy. And then all of a sudden, he's, he finally built up the courage to say, I see your name over there. What do you do? You know, very kindly, very sweetly. Yeah. And I looked at him, and I said, oh, I... I something made me reluctant to answer him but he said to me what are you an interior decorator and I said uh no (laughs) um well I said I write books I figured I'd let it go at that right right? he goes yeah but what about Oh, and he, he wasn't gonna, you know. Yeah. Whatever. So I finally I just said to him, well, I said to be honest, I write about my my work and I'm a medium. Well, you, you it, it, <laughs> the only way I know how to describe it, it is that he looked like me on the LSD trip. Yeah. His face just got completely <gasps> petrified. At, at the same time, he looked at me like he was looking at something, the most evil thing on his, on earth. Yeah. And I was. I was hurt at the same time, and yeah. then he responded, "Look, I'll fix your tire. I'll do that. But I, but that's all I'm doing. Don't talk to me. I don't want to talk to you. Isn't it crazy? I know what you are." And I went, "What?" I said, "What do you think I am?" And he implied that I was evil. Yeah. Well, that just to the core. And you're of my not. Soul. You know. Oh, and of I'm just, well, not. But and you know that. But and I said to him that too. I said, "You don't know me from Adam." I said, "I'm one did. of the most spiritual women you'll ever meet." I said, "I'm really sorry that you're being taught to judge like." that good for you sorry for that because that could be scary to even respond to when someone is so threatened it's scary to so good for you to stand up for yourself yeah well that's taken a lifetime to be able to do that but but some people don't get there in a lifetime you're right you're right and it's not you know it's not just what your work but like energy work that i do like people have a hard time with that with reiki like there's a lot um but so what did i want to ask you about that um oh this is what was it so you know the the questions about death right like mm-hmm. i spent half of my life worrying about dying mm-hmm. and then i just started to accept that it's gonna like i can't avoid it right right but what i loved you'd be surprised how many people feel that way though. no you know i know that because yeah. i hear it but yeah. what i loved is that you say like people die mm-hmm. and they you, well you can tell what happens because i want you to talk about what happens when people die and then they can reincarnate because i think mm-hmm. it may it's hopeful well, it's beautiful, actually, uh, because there's no end. It doesn't, there's no end. It's con- continuously recycled. Um, I'll give you a great example. My friend, Elena, her mother, I've known Elena for over 30 years, and sh- she's a sweet girl, and her mother and father are from Czechoslovakia, and they're wonderful people. And her mother, five years ago, died. She had um, a heart attack. Her heart heart stopped for 35 minutes and didn't get oxygen to the brain for 35 minutes. And they rushed her to the hospital. By the time they got her there, she had been brain dead and everything, no oxygen, 35 minutes. Anyway, they put her on life support, all this stuff. Long story short, um, they were about to unplug all the machines, and she came back to life. What? It's a true story. This happened five years ago. 
So um, when she came back to life, she was written up. Doctors from all over were coming to see her because it was so unheard of that this woman came back to life. After 35 minutes. After 35 minutes with no brainwave, no walk, heart stopped, everything. Jesus. And yeah, it's a true story. And what happened was she made a full recovery and the doctors weren't sure. I'm leaving out major parts, but I, the, yeah. the, the gist of it is the doctor wasn't sure if she was going to have all her memory, what damage was done, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, everything came back. She was, she came back, she made a full recovery. It took a couple of months. But her memory came back, everything, right? And when wow. I went to go see her, of course, I asked her, I said, How did you see anything? Do you remember anything? And she said, No, I saw nothing and I didn't see anything. I said, Okay. I said, Listen, I said, Believe me, you did see something. Yeah. And trust me, you were someplace. You just don't remember. Yeah. But we'll let it go with that. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, this is five years ago. She just got back, she went uh, on vacation to Prague about three months ago while she was there she tripped and fell and broke her hip so she has a pacemaker they were very worried about her she was in excruciating pain in Europe they took her in an ambulance for a 35 minute ride to get to the hospital she was in the worst pain she said she ever felt in her life she fixed they did the surgery there she came home and when she came home she called her daughter who is one of my best friends and said you gotta come over here I gotta talk to you right away so Ellen was going to go anyway because yeah. her mother just came back. But her mother had an urgency to tell her something. So when she got there, I found this out from my girlfriend Ellen that her mother for five years always said, you know, I really like Conchetta. She's a nice girl, but I really don't think what she's saying is true because I saw nothing when that happened to me. But I really think she's a nice girl and I admire her for trying to do this work, but I don't know that it's true. I kind of don't believe it. Yeah. This is what Ellen told me that yeah. her mother thought. Yeah. And I said, well, that's okay. Everybody has the right to believe what they want. However, when she got home, her mother said, remember how I told you I didn't believe Conchetta? Ellen said, yes. She goes, well, Conchetta was right. It's all true. So Ellen, her, her eyes bugged out of her head. She goes, what, Mom? What happened? She goes, when I was in the ambulance, I was in the worst pain I had ever been. Ellen, I was screaming out in pain because they're Europeaners. They're very, they're guarded. They don't scream yeah. out in pain. Mm -hmm. And she said, but I couldn't help it. I was screaming in pain. She goes, the next thing I knew, I was, I was out of my body. I was up above the ambulance, and mm -hmm. I was in a place that their pain was gone and I felt the most peace I've ever felt in my life. I felt the most euphoric I've ever felt. And then all of a sudden I saw the most beautiful rainbow I had ever seen. I saw colors I never, these are her words. Yeah. I saw colors I never saw before in my life. And I heard angels singing. And then all of a sudden I saw my family, she saw family members, her mother who had died, all relatives that were dead. And she said, I knew they were telling me that I was dead and that I should come what? with them. Yes, and she said, and I told them, no, I'm not ready to go. I don't want to leave my husband. I don't want to leave my daughter or my grandson. No, no. And she said, all of a sudden, I felt a swish, and I was back in the ambulance, and the pain was back in full force. Wow. She said, but Ellen, I must tell you, Conchetta was right, and I have no fear ever again to die. Really? That's what she said, and this just happened recently. Oh. I love the no fear part. I love right? the story. It's a great story. And you know, because um, I've never had any near-death experiences or anything. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I would tell you if you asked that I believe in reincarnation, mm -hmm. that I believe, you know, uh, my ex-husband and I, when we were engaged, I went to like a, a thing in the city at Omega and there was some guy, I don't remember his name, it was just a, what is it called? Um, when you 
like hypno- hypnosis. Right. And you, he was like a past life regression hypnosis sure. or something I know like that. exactly what you're talking about. And I was like, I'm not doing, I don't believe in this. I believed in reincarnation. How long ago was that, Tim? Oh, boy. 25. Okay. So you've come a long way, baby. Well, yeah. And you know, I did always believe in ghosts, right? Like we have always, the dead, is, they, they like to hang out with us. Uh-huh. Which, so I was always Well, you must that. make it an open window I for them. I make it very open. Yeah. Like, come on in. Because they like to let us know their their presence are always with us, and they love to let themselves be known. But if you uh, invite them, you're at an even bigger advantage. I always do. I always tell folks, don't be afraid. But what you want to do is always know how to protect yourself, which I'm sure you know, but we'll tell it to your audience so that they're listening. Just remember that you invite them in in the name of God, so that anything that is positive and loving and stands with God and chooses God is always going to be with you. And then command in the name of God... Anything that's negative or evil must go now in the name of God. And then you've got yourself a great army around you of protection. Right. And I think that, um, you know, when people use a Ouija board, I'm always like, do not do that. You're really playing with trouble. Yeah. Yeah. But I think um, I wrote about that in the book because I love to make sure I tell that to people because they don't know what they're wishing and they're inviting in. You know what I tell folks about the Ouija board? It's like if you live in the woods, would you leave your windows open with no screens in the middle of the night? Do you know what's ever going to come in? No, you don't know. That's what I tell people because that's the only way to describe how you have no idea what's coming in that window and you're inviting it in by leaving the window open. So don't do it. (laughs) Yeah, that's the greatest analogy. Yeah. Because I would always just say it's low-level energy, and people are like, what's that? I'm like, yeah. well, I don't know. It's just like- well, I always try to bring it to the simplest terms because I know that's how I understand things on the most simplest terms. Yeah. If you get too technical with me, it's like well, yeah, I would say, me talk a recipe because I don't cook either. Yeah, you don't cook. <laughs> no. So so let me just go to your I can't follow directions well because I'm severely dyslexic. Yeah. So if you tell me a cup and a half of sugar, you'll get a two <laughs> cups of salt. I mean, you know, it's just not going to work out well. But, but, you know, you have a gift, right? So I always think when we have stuff that 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 is not working like right so if you don't cook so what yeah. you have a really strong gift i find right? somebody who does yeah so john <laughs> is a good cook no my son is john my oh, ex-husband was john my husband's john yes and, and my husband's a great cook yeah and that's why i'm a very voluptuous woman today <laughs> well i don't think you're i don't think you're so voluptuous but i you know well, what you I know think? what i tell people tiffany i just want to add this one thing because i want to just say one more thing about women and their self-image of themselves because really truly we distort other people's thoughts about what they think we look like by our own actions yeah so i tell people this if marilyn monroe had lived to be 65 you're looking at her baby yeah i love that i want to steal that can (laughs) i look like that too yeah Yeah, you're a lot younger than me though so go for it (laughs) I, i was trying to do the timeline i don't think Oh, I don't know. I could tell. Well, <laughs> thank you. But it's okay. Uh, We're all yeah. the same. Yeah, but I saw a recent meme that said something like, you know, back in the day when goddesses were like the thing, that was my body type. Like, why did you change that? Like the curves and the, you know, the roles, like when the it's artist how you did. present it, Tiffany. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a I confidence. Have a it's actually my a girlfriend of eight from we're eight years old. Both of us are the same size today. And um, she and I would go to the beach, and I would wear like this, like bathing suit, like everything's still hanging out and whatever. And she'd be all covered up from neck to toe. And she would say, I could wear that same thing, and it would not look like that on me, and we're the same size. Yeah. And I said, Because you're wearing it in your self image in your head. Yeah. I'm wearing it in my self image in my yeah. head. And I think I look 
freaking great. That's, so that's the difference. Yeah. You walk into a room, and no matter what size you are, no matter what age you are, if you feel good, people are going to look at you and go, damn, you look good. And I tell folks in my office, specifically women, because I love women, realize you can do that too because yeah. you're planting a seed in somebody's head by just the way you bring it in. Yeah. Bring it in that way, you're planting your own garden. Yeah, and my husband says that about me all the time because I'm, you know, menopause brought 40 pounds, right? And so I was like chubbier when I was like, I wouldn't say chubbier. I was, you know, probably the size I am now. Right. But when I was younger and then I got like in a different shape and then I'm back to this and my husband could care less. And he's like, if you're confident, that's sexy. There you like go, it doesn't girl. matter. I, no one cares what your body looks like if you're Absolutely confident. True. Absolutely right? true. And he's just like... You know, he, how, you know how long you are 20 years old? Yeah. You are 20 years old. For five old minutes, for right? two seconds. Yeah. Right. In the big scheme of thing, you're this. Yeah. So you might as well find a way to accept this, enjoy this, and present this. I love that. It's so true, though, right? I love that. And I, I am a pro at it because I really believe it. In yeah. fact, there are times, it's so funny, somebody will take pictures and they'll show me a photograph of me and I'll go, that's a lie. I didn't look like that. <laughs> I look so much oh, better than that. I there must that. have been something in the lighting or the angles. That. I look so much better than that. Yeah. I refuse to accept that. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? I do that too. You're not gonna, like, I'm not going to let you destroy what I think of myself by that photo. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. we don't really see people as a photo. No, we really right? don't. We see people as a personality. Oh, Tiffany, please, let you me know? say one thing. It stands in my mind. I love this example. I work in Mexico City a lot. I have a lot of friends there. I oh, wow. love the Mexicans. And I was there, and one of the first times I was there, I met some very lovely people. And one of them, I met this woman. She came in my hotel room. I was working. And I remember looking at her and thinking, oh, I feel so bad for her. She's, you know, wasn't real attractive. And I just thought, you know, she should change her hairstyle, a whole bunch right. of stuff, right? right? She opened her mouth. The minute she opened her mouth, she became the most gorgeous woman to this day. I am telling you, I think of her as so incredibly beautiful. Yeah. Because when the energy came out of her, oh, my God, she's, and anyone who meets her that I have met, that I've introduced her to, I said, you see what I mean? Is yeah. she gorgeous or what? Isn't that the thing? It's amazing. And then i got to tell you one more thing. I met another woman there who was gorgeous, absolutely stunning. She walked in the room, and I thought, whoa, everything from head to toe, hair, jewelry, nails, everything. She opened her mouth, got to know her. Woo, girlfriend. Not attractive. Not good. Yeah, not a good story. And that, And that's... And that's the energy. And that is the energy. So and when you she don't... walks in the room, I don't see that beauty anymore. Yeah. I see what's inside. Yeah. That's so cool. So true. Yeah. So I just have to ask you about John real quick. John Bertoldi? Yes. Okay. My so, favorite subject. I know. That's my um, man. I know. And you know, he, even at the end of the book, you wrote, like, he's like your your best cheerleader, non-believer, or sort of believer or something. Yeah. Well, I, I, get love... him to, I get him to pray with me now. This is huge. So First of all, you pray. have to understand, when I met him, he told me he was an atheist. I thought, holy shit, what am I going to do with an atheist? And you're a God. And I am a very like... spiritual woman, girlfriend. Yes. So I remember when he told me that, I should tell you, I should really let you know I'm an atheist. I've decided I don't believe in God. And I remember going, oh, I got so nervous. I was what like, am I going to do? Yeah, I was like saying, God. Please let me work on him a little bit. Yeah. Well, anyway, now I he he'll pray with me. And, wow. Uh, that's, that's a big jump. Huge jump. Yeah. That took thirty five years. Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't. Did, does he? Because you originally you you came out to him at like forty. 
That no, you were no, I came out to him right after we were married. I didn't tell him before we were married. That you, his mother is alive. God bless her. She's ninety-seven. But wait, that's she doesn't like me. Honey. I was going to say, I don't know where she lives. She's never say, given me her address, but, and she lives in Roseland. Is that for the God's truth? Sake. Because I, yeah. you know, it's funny because I it's read true. about, you know, you spoke about her in the, both the yeah. books that I read, um, but my, yeah. my, my nanny G, mm-hmm. um, my dog walker, who I like worship, um, said she really doesn't like. Yeah, she her doesn't mother. like me at yeah, all. Yeah. So what? And you, the moment you, she met me, the minute she met me, it was like, I don't know what it was. I can't speculate if it's past life or the fact that I was Irish, Italian. I really don't oh, know right, what it was. Right, right, you know, right. Who knows? Made, but, made, I blue eyes. Who knows? All I know, I have blue nail polish on. She made fun of that. Uh, but here's the thing. It's okay. I wish her no harm. God bless her. She's 97. I, I hope she lives to be 150 in the she best will. of health. <laughs> I said that all the years, too. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, it's a shame because my husband is the one I feel bad about because they don't have the greatest relationship now, and that's not the way I would want it to be. But you know, that's... It's not, and I'm worried about it, Tiffany. No. I'm worried for this reason. It's a little selfish, but I'm going to tell you why. I'm so afraid that when we both get to the other side of the veil, God's going to call us in the boardroom, and he's going to turn around, he's going to look at me, he's going to look at her, he's going to shake his head and go, ladies, ladies, now what could I have done to help you? I gave you lots of opportunities, and then I'm going to say, Lord, I tried, I really did, and then he's going to say, well, I have an idea, I'm going to send you both back, only this time you're going to be sisters. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I don't know. And work through that karma. Yeah, I don't know, you know. You know what, though, because I work with a lot of people who have issues with family. Yeah. Um, I sure do, you know, and, um, we all do, honey. Yeah. And, and bless, and like, I was going to say bless your heart, but that's like kind of not the thing to say, right? So good for you to mm-hmm. be open about it. Cause I'm, a, I'm open about it. Uh, not on the air yeah. when you write about it, which is cool. Um, I'm not there I'm yet. I'm open about every aspect yeah. of my life because I want people to know I'm as normal as everybody else. And if I can help one person from knowing my experience is the same experience that you're having and how it can help you in any way, if I can help you to handle it or whatever. But the point is, I don't want you to feel bad like you're the only one that's happening to yeah. it. You know? And you may come back with her. So do you, so, so my mom had asked, and I, from what I read, it seems like we come back with the same people. We come back in soul groups. Soul, soul groups. groups. Yeah, it's it. a very, uh, it's easy if you think of it this way. Sometimes you'll meet somebody. I felt that way about you when I met you. Thank you didn't even you. get out of your car. I didn't know who you were. I know, I was like waving, you were waving at you. But I didn't know, I, I wave at a lot of people, even lots of strangers. So I didn't know if I knew you or not. But the minute you got closer, the energy was very familiar. And yeah. I felt extremely at comfort immediately. Thank you. And I don't, there are times you meet other people and you're not like that. You're like, yeah. ooh, I don't know what it is about that person. Yeah, I know that and you kind of like coil back. So there's a more to it. You realize that you might have known somebody in a past life, and you can't even put your finger on why you don't like them. But oh, you meet yeah. them, and you're like, I'm not sure why I don't like you, but I know I don't. And I feel bad that I'm judging you, but hey, let's just call it a day. See ya. But that might be a past life memory. Yeah, but oh, then yeah. there's other people you're born to, uh, or not born to, or you know, and they feel really wonderful and warm to you. Yes. For instance, meeting a mother-in-law. And maybe you might have a mother-in-law that I've had people come in my office and say, I love my mother-in-law. She's a wonderful lady. Wow. And of course, I get very jealous of them and then I move yeah. on. But here's mine. The minute I met mine, I knew immediately. And I feel bad saying it because I didn't want to, I don't want to start out disliking anybody. Well, anyway, my husband is a sweetheart. Let's get back to him. Yeah. Yeah, come here. I know you're getting hot. Come That's okay. They come and they go. Can you go here? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. No, here it's I good. Am. I just want to... 
Because yeah. you're, you're bringing gems. I just want to yeah. keep you near the mic. Uh, yeah, so your husband, you had to tell him. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was telling you. So I didn't, that's why I didn't want to tell him because for my husband's family to need one more excuse to dislike me <laughs> was only all I, had, all I had to do was say at Thanksgiving, oh, could you please pass those mashed potatoes? By the way, did I mention I speak to dead people? Yeah. I mean, that yeah. was all they needed. <laughs> one more excuse to not yeah. like Conchetta, you know? So I obviously did not tell him right away, and that's sad because I married the man and didn't tell him. But, but here's how, how we found out was this. Because the marriage in the beginning was on Rocky Road because of so many family members not liking me and talking to him. I was the newcomer. He knew them, you know. Yeah. We went to a wake one time. My uncle had passed away. And my cousins kept getting me and pulling me on the side to ask me if I heard anything from him my uncle who had passed away and as they were pulling me my husband would be in close proximity and he just assumed the whispering was I was talking about him that I wasn't yeah. happy maybe I had a guy on the side yeah. I don't know what he thought in his mind at that time it was so polluted yeah. but anyway the point was I remember him saying because we were in marriage counseling at the time about being at this wake and watching the secrets that were being whispered and I remember the therapist said, I think it's time you tell him, Conchetta. And I remember John at the moment thought I was going to say, oh, yeah, by the way, I want out of this marriage. I got, you know, I'm going to leave you, blah, blah, blah. So the last thing he expected me to say was, all right, I'll tell him. And she looked at me and she said, look at him when you say it. And I can still remember looking at him, the look on his face like, oh, hell, what's Here we going go, on, right? Yeah. And I said to him, I hear dead people. And I remember it was crossed between a laugh and like relief. A, what? Relief. Yeah, it was like, like yeah. shut the front door, you know? Yeah. And he had that kind of Abbott Costello look on his oh, face. Like, if show, you yeah. see my pants yeah. running by and yeah. I'm in them, don't yeah. stop them, you know? Yeah. But anyway, that's how I told him. And it's a long story, but to make it short, the therapist had drilled me prior, privately, and said she, she had never witnessed this before, but knew I was telling the truth. And then she said to me, is there anything you want to tell John? Well, it turned out my husband had a father that I never met. His father was an alcoholic, and he died before I met John. So I said, yes, John, your father wants me to tell you something. Now, the father's subject never came up because he was looked upon in the family as an alcoholic, sadly, wasn't the greatest father, sadly. Yeah. So I said to him, your father wants me to tell you he's sorry he made you lie when you went to the park that day. What? So my husband Very looked specific. at me, yeah, and my husband went, what? And I said, yeah, I said, I don't know exactly what the details are, but I know he said you lied, and he asked you to lie, and you lied, and he's sorry. So I found out at that moment, and only because my husband was at a weak moment, because he probably would have never divulged this, when he was a little boy, I think he was at the time, he told me, 10 years old, and his brother was six, and his father was going to take him and his brother to the park and his mother said to him where are you going he said I'm taking the boys to the park she said okay but come back by we're eating dinner blah blah he said they got in the car my husband said and the, the father said I got to make one stop while the stop was at a bar the father never came out of the bar he got himself so drunk that he could barely oh walk my God. and the brother his younger brother was crying in the car because it was a hot summer day and the kid was crying and crying. So my husband kept going in and out of the bar saying, Daddy, you know, he's crying and what do I do? And the father kept saying, I'll be right there, I'll be right there. So finally when they got in the car, my husband, 10 years old, pretty much had to steer the car. Oh, my So God. that they got home safely. Yeah. And the brother had already passed out cold from crying in the back seat. 
But when they walked in the house, it was obvious he was drunk. And my mother-in-law said to her husband at that time, where were you? You're drunk. And he said, I stopped for one drink. And she said, well, and then he turned around to his son. And he goes, well, we were at the park, weren't we? And he looked at my husband, right, oh, John? And that's then my a lot husband of said, yes. Jesus. And he lied. Yeah. So he had never told anybody that story ever. So when my husband heard that, obviously he looked at me and wasn't sure if I had, you know, what way. Kind of, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you don't want your wife to have too much power. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently. Yeah. So that was a changing moment for us. Yeah. That and that moment. also just showed him that it didn't. It didn't happen right away. It took years, really, because. I, I, it's like anything else, you know. You have to grow accustomed. You have to get calm with something. Uh, it, it, nothing ever happens really immediate. Yeah. It's kind of like a process, and yeah. it was a process for him to become comfortable with it. I wasn't public at that time. I yeah. didn't go public for quite some time at that moment, yeah. and he was still being hammered about all the horrible things about me by his family. So it took him a while to separate what he was being told to him of their opinions and knowing me in his own opinion. It took yeah, a while for that yeah. to, and believe me, most people will, would not have survived in the marriage as we were at that those stages. I feel sad saying this to you because I have PTSD and yeah, post-traumatic yeah, uh, syndrome from all the years in the beginning of, of my marriage because of the abuse I took I'm from sure. so many members in close members of his family. Yeah. You know. It's awful. But we're not there now, thank no. God. I do oh, want your good. audience to know that he is my best. He's a really great guy. Yeah. We have a great life. Thank thank God. I'm grateful for it every day of my life. Yeah. And I never was able to have children. I yeah. wanted them very badly. I wasn't able to do it. I had fertility surgery, tubular pregnancy, you know. Oof. I had in vitro everything. Nothing was successful and it broke my heart. But I said, I have to rise above this. There's got to be something else I'm supposed to do. So I'm very happy today, and I'm sometimes even happier that I didn't have children. Not that I don't love them. I think they're wonderful, <laughs> but I think I would have probably been more neurotic than I already am if I had them. Right. But here's the good news. My, my husband has a daughter, and she is like one of the loves of my life. She's, yeah. a, she's really just an amazing kid. And um, when I got her, of course, she was only 10. I really did want to oh, be honest. Wanted to drown her and throw her in the river. <laughs> <laughs> Little competition. Yeah, right? because she was yeah. such a you know yeah. typical thirteen year old. But over the years, she has just become one of my best friends, and uh, I adore yeah. her. And she calls me mommy. So every time she says mommy, I still get chills. Yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah, it's a it's a good thing. That's so but awesome. it's all according to how you work it, honey. You yeah. know, that's and life isn't easy. Life is not easy. You know, I have friends whose own kids don't even talk to them, and I sit back and say, "Oh my God!" You know, it's, it's all the time. Yeah, because I, I people who come to me, yeah, come to me with all sorts of problems. Yes, uh, family. I'm sure, you, you're and like bartenders, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and so the thing is, um, so you're blessed that you're aware. Yes, you're I blessed am. that you're, and you're blessed that you can connect to your community yeah. of not only living people, mm -hmm. but you can connect and. Oh, and I get feel. this perspective that a I'm, lot of people don't get. I'm blessed with the fact that I feel very fortunate that, let me put it to you another way, I have very chosen very wisely with the people in my life. Yeah. I don't, I don't pull people close to me unless I'm absolutely certain that I can trust them, that I know who they really are, yeah. and what I can expect from them. And as far as, and that I've been very fortunate in it, and my husband 
you read my book. Yeah. So you know I wrote about my first love. Yes. And I wrote about him. Um, and for a man like my husband to be as safe and secure of who he is, to not be offended of how I proclaim that love oh, for that you person did. Yeah. is big time, yeah. right? You have to know how what kind of guy he really is, yes. how secure he is within himself and our relationship. Yeah. That that really speaks volumes. But so to are me. you. Because yes. you were able to speak yes. it. We, that I was able to. Because yeah. another man, another husband might get very offended that yes. his wife was talking about somebody she was in love with like that yeah. at one time in her life. But that's how nice a guy he is. Yeah, because when I, I recognized that when I was reading it. I was like, wow. Yeah. You know, this you have to be very secure in your mm -hmm. in your relationship. Well, my point was to write about it was because I wanted people to know a few things. But I think the most important one was you can get over any loss. And that was a great loss to me because I was crazy in love. And I got over it and got past it, went on to find something good and something else that makes me very, very happy. So I want people to realize you can survive. You can survive. You have to find the right tools. Yeah. You have to have the right attitude. And you have the right faith. And you can do that. Yeah. And, I'm, and I wrote that specifically so people would learn. That. If I could be honest about that, hopefully that could help them. Yeah. It was an amazing book. I love reading it. And um, I, 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 I want to ask you to sign it. Before oh, you leave. absolutely. Um, and I'm not going to lend my copy up my, uh, <laughs> my stepdaughter. And my mom said you don't like the word step. Is that the truth? Well, only because my stepdaughter is it's my your stepdaughter, daughter. but I call her my daughter. Yeah. I never say my stepdaughter. I say my daughter. Yeah, and I would like to say that about my, my stepchildren. Uh -huh. And sometimes I would. I don't want to um, make them feel uncomfortable. Right. If they're comfortable, I would be, because I get yeah. it. Like, because then it sounds like a little removed, right? It's right. one removed. It's a step removed. Yeah. But um, she's a big avid reader, yeah. and she's gonna love this book. Oh, good. And I was like, we're going away next week. And, oh, um, that's lovely. But so, um, well, love is love, honey. A hundred percent. Love is love. 100%. That's like saying my stepmother or my half brother, or my half sister. Love is love. Yeah. They're yours. They're in your life. Yeah. When Jessica called me mommy for the first time, I never stopped. I stopped right then at that moment saying stepdaughter. Yeah. You know? That, well, that's yeah. a big, that's a big, And her mother is still thing. alive. God bless her. And she's, a, you know, we didn't, I had nothing to do with my husband and her getting divorced. I yeah. wasn't even in the picture. So I'm happy to say that. But I got to say, there was a little animosity even in the beginning with that. But um, we've even come a long way. His ex-wife. Yeah. She's yeah. A nice lady and I wish her well she mm -hmm. had a about with cancer oh. a while ago and um, I started sending her cards and telling her things you know like I wanted you to know I'm praying for you I want you to get well and the world wouldn't be the same without you in it you know all that and I meant it from my heart and I think it was the first time she finally got a chance to see who I was yeah so we just moved forward from there and it and it worked out and I awesome. wish and I would never I wouldn't want it any other way. She's Jessica's mother, so I want her, Jessica to have her mother, and I want this lady to be around. Yeah, and I think that's great because my ex-husband's remarried and has two children. Mm -hmm. um, and how old were they, John? <laughs> and um, Melissa, his stepmom, mm -hmm. has known him since he we got divorced when he was four, so okay. maybe like five. Yeah. And I always said she have two moms. She's yeah. your other mom, because I love her and she's good to my son. Oh, that's good. And her, and that's her what kids. you have to think. You see, that that's exactly my point. Why my mother-in-law? I hate to bring her up again, but if I had a son and my son was happy 
and successful. I don't care who she is. And had a right? partner who was making, enriching his life and doing the best she could to make everything work. I'd be so happy yeah. for my son, and I wouldn't care. And I was raised by parents who said, we don't care who you bring home. I don't either. We yeah. weren't even raised as a religion. My parents said, whatever religion you bring to us, we're going to celebrate. That's what my mother and father said, right to us. And they said, we don't care if all three is bring home three different religions, and we don't care if one of you brings home a frog or whatever you want to marry. Right. We're good with it. Because yeah. we're going to love whatever it is you bring home. That's the way I was raised and taught. Yeah. So and that's I think the that's, way I think. That's the thing, because I don't. I always say to my husband, like, because Johnny's dated a, a couple of girls, um, and um, I always say, like, if I don't like them, which has not been the case, right, mm-hmm. but he's still only 18, if I don't like them, if I don't like anything about them, I'm going to pretend that I do and yeah. find a way because yeah. I love him. That's right. I want him to be happy. That's right. I want him to be supported. I'll go wherever he wants to go. I'll That's do whatever right. he wants to do. Like I don't care. Yeah, because I love my child and That's, I want my yeah. son. Because otherwise, you'd to be feel being very selfish. I don't, yeah. That's the word. Let's it use is. it. But it is because because this is the other thing. Um, the parent feeds the child. Yeah. So, like, my job is to make sure that my son feels loved and happy. Right. It's not his job to make me feel loved and happy. Absolutely. So the parent is supposed to be all loving and give all the love That's to the right. child. Mm-hmm. So when the parent isn't doing that, without mm-hmm. getting into this whole thing, no. But I get it. That's not, that has nothing to do with. That's it then. That's it. That, that person made the choice to that's disconnect, right. to mm-hmm. not welcome or whatever. Well, that's so. what makes it so hard for me to understand. But you know what? Yeah. Because my mother-in-law, sadly, I look at her and I think to myself, "You're 97 years old. Like, how much time you got left? Yeah. Let's get past this. I don't want you to leave this. I could leave tomorrow before her. Let's just say Good anyone can, right? But the point is, why would you want to do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know the thing is, she'll come back and tell you that she's. I don't know. I, it will be interesting. I think she will. Yeah. I think I it's don't just. Know. I've had you know, some relatives, you know, not a lot, but there's been a couple that I can think of who were not real nice on her. I had a cousin. <laughs> can I tell you this yeah. real quick? Okay, so I had an uncle, my father's, one of my father's brothers. Ooh, he died, and uh, I never was felt close to him. I never felt anything for him. Actually, it was no big zero. He never reached that made me feel warm about his anything for me and vice versa yeah anyway I have a cousins and one cousin in particular when my uncle before he died every Sunday she made him dinner she would make him leftovers whatever he needed go to the doctors uh, if he needed a shaving tools or whatever she would make sure he had everything he needed and I would say good for you I'm glad you take care of him that way I don't want nothing to do with it right right so when he died I didn't go to the wake and my cousins my brother told me my cousins were all like I can't believe Conchetta's not here she couldn't come to Uncle Joe's wake why wouldn't she come and I said to my brother I said they could talk all they want I know exactly who he was and I know exactly how he felt about us yeah. I wasn't going to be a phony and go there I'm yeah. sorry I wasn't going to no. do it yeah two weeks after he died or a little bit after two weeks every single cousin got a letter in the mail from his lawyer he had a lot of money and we didn't know how much but we all knew we had money but a letter came and it said just in case you're wondering all of his money is going to his wife's nieces and nephews they never had kids so he said the letter said and if you're thinking about fighting this in other words he had this all planned before he died make sure this letter goes out to all of them if any of them are thinking about fighting anybody to get the money letting them know right now that ain't happened so my cousins called me one at a time and were like did you get this letter they were horrified that this letter was sent to them and I just remember each time I got the phone call saying I'm sorry but I knew that I knew that's exactly how we felt I am not surprised at this letter at all and I remember going in my living room holding the letter and talking to my uncle who I knew could hear me from where he was and I said you 
you see? I knew who you were. I knew how you felt. God rest your soul. I hope you're happy with and proud of yourself. But yeah. I didn't want your money. Never needed anything from you. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. That was it. That was but, it. But that was it. And, and I never came to. No. No. Yeah. Interesting. But I thought that was horrible. I mean, you know, horrible. here you are assuming that all these nieces and nephews on your blood side, this is not his, his wife's side, you know, they're going to fight you? I said, how could you even think that Very ahead of petty. time before you even die and make sure this letter is going to go out? I mean, that's just horrible. Yeah. And opinion. I would think you would want your le your legacy to be nice. You want I people would to think feel so, but that like tells loving. you something, doesn't it? Everybody's different. Yeah, so maybe, yeah, you know, I yeah. mean, yeah. I would never do that. Uh, no, I don't I think any do right-thinking person And would. I don't have any children of my own. I have no biological. Yeah. But, you know, I would just... But it's hurtful. I wouldn't just think to send a letter to one and you make sure you know he's getting everything, she's getting me, you're not getting nothing. I mean, that also creates tension that? in the family. What, babe? After he passed, you're creating tension in the family. Well, sa sadly, he it wasn't so much tension. He created pain because my one cousin who did everything for him was so brokenhearted that he she got that letter. See, me, I got it. I never paid any attention. I never would have even anticipated, you know. Yeah. But she, not that she wanted anything, she did it out of the kindness of her heart. And so for her to get that letter, it broke her heart yeah. to realize that's what he was thinking about her all along, you know. Awful. Yeah, awful. So that's a nice legacy to leave. Yeah. Not one I would want. Yeah. Right? Well, you've done a great job already leaving <laughs> some some a legacy just through your books. So Thank you, sweetie. I want to invite everyone to buy I Kissed a Ghost and I Liked It. It's a Jersey Girls reality show with dead people. <laughs> and I'll tell you, like, uh, you know, every book is different. Yeah. I loved the... The one it was Q and A, right? So you could, do dead people watch me shower? By the you way, know they that's do. in fourteen languages now around. Wow, the world. Yeah. that is a New York Times bestseller. Yes. I know you know that. I'm just so so proud of that book because it was my first attempt at writing a book, and I'm so severely dyslexic that I could never sit at a computer and do the typing because it yeah. just wouldn't work for me. So I I found a way to write the book without doing that. And how I did it was I collected at all of my events questions you would yeah. like to have an answer to. Yeah. And then I recorded the question answer, question answer, and I had somebody transcribe it, and that's how the book was written. You found a way. Yeah, I found a way. Yeah. I think the other side. And it's great because you answer every question. Well, thank you. I, yeah, well, do I they have watch to say you the other sex? side was involved. Yes, they do. I really think the other right? side was yeah, really totally involved. Because my brother, who had passed away, said to me, "We'll help you. All you have to do is agree, and we will help you." Yeah. And he had said this to me when he first passed away. Please help us deliver these messages. And I was the one who said, "No, no, no. I can't do that." I was afraid. I was embarrassed to go in front of public and do what I do. But he kept trying to say, come on, just if you ha say, and I kept saying to him, I don't know what to do, how to do that. Harold, where am I going to begin to know how to do that? Yeah. And he said, just agree, and we'll help you from there. And that's all it took. You didn't even have to know the path. Nope. I, I had no idea how I was going to do anything. I'm not college educated. I, I'm severely dyslexic. So, you know, that type of thing has always been something I worried about all of my life and thinking I was not intelligent. Because when I was a young girl, they didn't have testing for dyslexia. So we were just left to think we were stupid. Yeah. Because I didn't know there well, was that, a reason. Yeah, that was even, you know, yeah. up until recently. I remember in my school, there was like, you know, the special ed was like right. labeled. And it's not the truth. No, I you're know. You're very intelligent. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of times when you're in the arts yeah. or you're in different fields, when being a medium, right. you receive things differently. So yeah. you have different, like my friend uh, Jamie Allen is an amazing painter. 
and she's severely dyslexic, really had a hard time writing and all that stuff because her mind is in the creative yeah. mode. Yeah. So I'm so glad you wrote these books. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to link below to all the books, but if you'd like to do a shout out, so you are www.conchettabertoldi.com. Thank you. You're on Instagram at Conchetta Bertoldi. And Facebook is also Conchetta Bertoldi, right? So it's just yeah. across the board the same. Yes. I don't do Twitter. Do you guys do? Is, yeah, we're Conchetta B. Conchetta B. <laughs> on, and Conchetta is C-O-N-C-E-T-T-A. Yeah. C-O-N-C-E-T-T-A. Um, but I will have it all the links in the bio. Thank you so much, Tiffany. And you do it was events. A pleasure to come here. I can't thank, thank you. you enough. I had so much fun. I love you. And you do events. Facebook's okay. Facebook's actually Conchetta Bertoldi Books. Okay, so Facebook is Conchetta Bertoldi Books. I'll link to all that for you. And right now, so I, so this is going to be in. This is going to air in two weeks. So okay. I don't know if that will still be going on. Your if you take a picture with the book. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's still going through September sixth. Okay. So through September. Do you want to talk about that through September sixth? Mm-hmm. Post a picture. You want to come on? Yeah. yeah top on. Sure, through September 6th, if you post a picture of yourself with Conchetta's new book, I Kissed a Ghost and I Liked It, post a picture, tag yourself, make sure it's um, public so we could see it, and you could win um, a 10-minute reading with Conchetta on the phone. And so, um, and do you want to say who you are? Oh, I'm Risa Kossop, <laughs> yeah. and I'm publicist for Conchetta. Yes, my beautiful Reese. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's my it's girl. Like, it's like the blonde squad over <laughs> here. She's the genius behind me. Yeah, and so... My um, social media genius. She's awesome. <laughs> yes. I love you. She was very easy to work with um, in getting you here, because I was so you. excited. And when you said, well, where are you doing the podcast? I was like, oh, <laughs> And so upcoming events will be on all of the social media platforms and yep. a website mm-hmm. we have a book signing coming up this Saturday August 10th at Books and Greetings well, in well North this is going to air oh yeah right. okay. so, so yeah, yeah. So, so people do that all the time and yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no worries but we do have one here in Booton on time to consign on September 27th at 6.30pm okay. how do people get tickets do they just show they up just, just show up yep show up Really? Yeah, just show up. Yeah. Wait, show a time up. to consign? Mm-hmm. On Main Street. Like, and we'll be right selling here. the books yeah. there. Yeah, we'll so. be selling the books there, and then Conchetta will sign them for you. Absolutely. Nice. And how do people get readings? Calling my office, the number, my number is listed on Facebook and so forth and so on, yeah. And they can call and book an appointment? On Fridays, Elena. She takes the calls. Oh, your friend Elena. Yes, my friend Elena. I love it. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to share that I may have missed? That um, we'll probably have some new and up and up uh, other signings coming up, but they'll be posted on the website. I want to try to schedule a signing, too. Like, I want to try to get you to do it, but you're going to be here in September, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, we could do another one here in December. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean... Yeah, it'd be great. I love you. I love you too. And I love you. Love you too. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Oh my God. I'm so glad. And shout outs, by the way, to Top of the Park. Ah, yes. Top of the Park. My beloved friends. You want to have a good Italian meal, go to Main Street, Top of the Park. Yes. Awesome. Those are my buddies. Yes. Thank you so (laughs) much. Thank you, Tiffany. Thank you, John. Thank you. (laughs) Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for listening to Access and Expand the Conversations with Tiffany Karen. If you like this, please go ahead and share the link.